through the pulpit. Looks like someone karate chopped it. (laughs) Well, it was the kindergarten teacher's birthday. And one by one, the children brought their gifts. She pretended to act surprised as they were brought to her. First of all, it was the uh, lady who owned the perfume shop. Her daughter came up, little box, gave it to the teacher. Ooh, she mused. I wonder what it is. Is it perfume? How did you know? Just a guess. The next boy comes forward and his dad owned the chocolate shop. Great big box, big ribbon. She shakes it. Is it chocolate? It's a word of knowledge. Wow. And then there came Jeffrey, the bottle shop owner's son. Box leaking. She gave it a shake. Just put a finger to the drip and is it champagne? (laughs) Is it Riesling? (laughs) Well, what is it? It's a puppy. If you've got your Bible, open up to the amazing book of Acts, chapter 4. Get ready. God wants to lift your faith in this place tonight. God wants to charge you. God wants to lift you. God wants to speak to you. God wants to get closer to you. I believe there are people in this place tonight, you don't know Jesus yet, but by the time I finish, about 30 minutes, you will. You'll want to. Kids find it so easy. Jesus said, unless you become like a little child, you won't even see the kingdom of heaven. What does that mean? It means you need to have faith. If you're ever going to see heaven, you need to just believe and receive and leave the old life behind and take the new life. Here we go. Are you ready? Chapter 4. The priests and the captain of the temple guard and the Sadducees came up to Peter and John while they were speaking to the people. They were greatly disturbed. Because the apostles were teaching the people and proclaiming in Jesus the resurrection of the dead. They seized Peter and John. Because it was evening, they put them in jail until the next day. But many who heard the message believed, and the number of men grew to about 5,000. The next day, listen to who's there. Talk about pressure. The rulers, the elders, and the teachers of the law met in Jerusalem. And this, the high priest was there, and so was Cephas, John Alexander, and the other men of the high priest family. They had Peter and John brought before them, and they began to question them. By what power or what name did you do this? I love this part. Then Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a cripple, they've just healed a man, and I asked how he was healed 
Then know this, you and all the people of Israel, it is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. He is the stone the builders rejected, which has become the capstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to men by which we must be saved. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, and they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men, they were astonished. And they took note that these men had been with Jesus. But since they could see the man who had been healed standing there with them, there was nothing they could say. So they ordered them to withdraw from the Sanhedrin, and then they conferred together. What are we going to do with these men, they asked. Everybody in Jerusalem knows they have done an outstanding miracle, and we cannot deny it. Father, I pray, Lord God, that you open every eye, that you open every ear, that you open every heart. I pray you deposit what you want deposited in the people's hearts, Lord, and change them, God, by the power of your Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. The first point I want to draw out of this text here tonight is that they were disturbed. The religious rulers were greatly disturbed. When Jesus walked the earth, the religious people were greatly disturbed. I used to think if I went around and shared my faith, if I told people about Jesus, everyone would just bring out trumpets and just, he's such a nice guy, let's throw some flowers in the air. I wanted to teach religious education in one of the schools. And, uh, and it's a similar system here, but what happens is uh, one teacher will go into a classroom and they'll get like 30 books or 25 books and uh, they will just teach that class. But I thought, you know what, that's not maximum impact. I want a whole school. So I went to the principal and sat with her and I said, hey, um, I want the whole school. She said, what do you want to do with it? I said, I want to preach. She goes, to the whole school, the whole school. The secondary as well, yes. Oh, I don't know. Oh, I do. (laughs) Leaders have influence. They carry an anointing. Well, we get the the okay for a trial. Okay. We'll just just, uh, give you one chance at this. Okay. That's fine. That's all I need. So they bring the whole school together. And we do our puppets and we do our thing. And I do my preaching. And then right at the end... uh, we, we, we do this thing. I, I said to the kids, have you seen these? Uh, we've got them in Australia. They're a cardboard cylinder. And then there's a, um, <coughs> a foam rocket that sits on top. And you can pump it. And you can send a rocket right to the back of this room. Have you seen these? Did you have these here? You don't have them? Oh, poor, poor, poor things. Oh, you do have them here. Now, so, so what we said to the kids was, listen, if you get this rocket, we'll call it the rocket of reward. If you get this rocket into the hoop, we'll give you $50. Yeah. Now, just to make sure that our money's safe. We grabbed a little grade one girl. Hello, sweetheart. What's your name? Susie. Come on, Susie. Why don't you come in and have a go? See if you can get the rocket in the hoop. It's a full-size basketball gymnasium, and we're at the half court against the wall. It went like five meters. Went, oh, well, never mind. Maybe next time you'll be selected for Rocket of Reward, our fantastic new segment right here in the schools. Some of the kids go, that's not fair. What about a grade six kid? (laughs) 
I, don't, yeah, I still think it's pretty safe with a grade six kid. Got the grade six kid up. He tried to get forward. I go, put your foot against the wall, pal. When you think we're running here. He gets like 20 meters. <laughs> then some bright spark said, what about Mr. Finn? Mr. Finn is the PE teacher. He's good. We started to pray. Father, protect this money. Just protect it, Lord, in Jesus' name. He gets up, the whole gym goes, Mr. Finn, Mr. Finn, man. They're all erupting. They've all gone crazy. They're all, I'm like, settle down. He'll do it on the adrenaline alone. Just calm down, man. He aims the rocket for the hoop. It goes right towards the hoop. I'm like, it couldn't happen. It could, and it just turned away gloriously. <laughs> Angels just came in and, whew. oh, never mind. And then some kid goes, what about you? I went, oh, well, look at the time. We don't really have time. Maybe next week. Kids love to do it, but running out of time. Oh, come on, Pastor Rob. Pastor Rob. They go nuts, right? I'm like, now, you don't know me yet, but um, I'm really unco. It's hilarious. Children's pastor who can't do action songs. Even if I write them myself, I can't do them. I'm always out of sync, and I just, uh, it's hilarious. So for me to try to get a rocket in a hoop will require a full-on miracle <laughs> to get anywhere near it. So I put the rocket down. I pump it, and then, and all time stood still. I could hear my heartbeat in my ear. Boom, 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 boom. I could see kids. could it happen it's right on target no way I watched it go towards the hoop where some demon (laughs) grabbed the rocket and it started to climb on its trajectory it went up and hit the roof it went over and hit the wall kids everywhere It came back across the hoop and it landed in the net. The gym erupts. I stand there like this. I'm a holy man. I told you I'm a man of God. I told him, I told you I'm a man of God. Everything I touch, I mean, I just can't lose. Even Unco me could put a rocket in a hoop if you just put me in the hands of God. Watch what I do. Now, we're on a high. I'm walking around. I'm thinking, this is unbelievable, man. Wow. See that? My, my team. Oh, we're not worthy. <laughs> Two of the teachers come back up with the rocket. They go, do it again. But I know my Bible. I said, no other sign shall be given to this perverse generation. (laughs) So we're all excited, right? But the enemy is greatly disturbed. So when I walk past the conference room, big glass window, there is a lady in there with the principal and she is highly animated and very upset. And I will have to wait one hour for her to calm down, for me to get just a minute with the principal. So is everything all right? No, Rob, everything is not all right. She wants your guts for garters. I said, what do you need garters for? (laughs) She didn't like what you did. She didn't like the preaching part. She didn't like it at all. He said, so unfortunately, we have to have a panel meeting tomorrow morning. 
sounds so serious. A panel meeting. We're having a panel meeting. I went, oh, that sounds really bad. He goes, I'm really sorry, but we're going to have to do it. Teachers that were in there, we're going to pull the program apart and just check it. And, you know, yeah, I'm sorry. I mean, that's all right. I'm going to hold my own panel meeting. That's exactly what I said. I go, I'm going to hold my own panel meeting. And he went, oh, no, no, there's no need to do that. <laughs> no, everything's all right. You don't need to do, go there. That's okay. I said, no, no, I'm holding my own panel meeting. That's it. I'm calling it tonight. what are you going to do at your panel meeting? I go, my panel meeting is my key leaders. I'm going to pray for you. And here's what I'm going to pray. I'm going to tell you up front. I'm going to pray that that lady has a total flip, that her heart changes and that she just has a total reversal of her decision. And he goes, (laughs) he said, laughing, he goes, oh, (laughs) then I'd be a believer because that would be a miracle because I'm telling you, she wants you dead. (laughs) I walk out of there, I ring my team. Okay. Greatly disturbed. We get together and pray. Father, we pray right now your blessing. I pray she can't even sleep. I pray that you turn her around. I pray you reverse her decision. I pray you speak to her. I pray you challenge her. I pray she goes back on what she said. I'm praying for the supernatural. It becomes a sign of wonder to that whole school. In Jesus' name, Father, do something incredible with that teacher. Next morning. He says, I'll call you at 9.30. Panel meeting. <coughs> I'm looking at the clock. 12.30. No phone call. I'm thinking there must be blood on the walls. <laughs> he said, oh, I'm sorry, I'm so sorry, I'm sorry, I forgot. No, that, yeah, no, it's, uh, I guess, I guess, <gasps> you won't believe what happened. Try me. <laughs> he said, we got to the first person, they said, I've never seen anyone hold prep to year nine quiet the whole time that you could hear a pin drop. I've never seen it. Next teacher, I've never seen the students engage. I mean, they tolerate the assembly, but they, they, this group had them engaging. They listened to the message and they enjoyed it. Next person, these guys are world class. And I agree. <laughs> Gets to the teacher in question. What do you think? She's the last one. I love their values. I love what they're doing for the children. We must do everything we can. We must fight to keep them. (laughs) You see, you just can't shut up the church of God. God wants to use you, but when you step out, people will be greatly disturbed. Peter and John don't retreat and go, oh, well, we won't say the name of Jesus anymore. We'll just be quiet. We know you're greatly disturbed. We just want peace everywhere, man. Peace, peace, peace. Just chill out, baby. Take a chill pill until calm down. No, no, no. Part of this is wherever I go, there's going to be, I'm going to disturb that demonic realm. I'm going to disturb it and win ground back for Jesus wherever I go. So don't be discouraged if you get a little people getting disturbed. Incredible. Uh, the other school we went to, the principal comes in, same deal. We come and do our lunchtime program. Greatly disturbed, arms crossed. Mean, mean woman. <sighs> I'm like, love, lighten up. And then we, we complete our six week trial, and they say, You can stay in the school, but the vice principal wants to stay here and watch you. I'm like, Oh, no. Well, Panel meeting. 
Let's pray for her. Long story short. Oh, this is Planet Shakers. She's 56. She gets saved. Comes to church. Her husband got saved. Their daughter got saved. It's Acts chapter 16, verse 31. Believe in the Lord Jesus Christ. You will be saved and your entire household got saved. And I'm doing uh, the daughter's wedding in two weeks. <laughs> I love it. The second thing I want you to notice, verse 13. These religious rulers saw their courage. Now, I want you to understand that here's the picture. Peter and John put in this maximum security prison. They're brought forward. They're going to beat them. And now they're trying to intimidate them. They've got everyone in town there. The pomp, the velvet seats are covered. They've got them standing there. And one by one, they come in. The high priests, the rulers, the elders, their families have come to gawk and watch. It's all designed to intimidate them. But they're filled with the Holy Spirit. So they're not intimidated. They carry the power of God inside of them. And the Bible, I, I love it. People who are not saved, these people say, but we saw their courage. Some people say, oh, yeah, you, you, the room just brightens up when you come in. They confuse it for personality. It's the power of God. Because before I was saved, I didn't brighten the room up. But now I carry the light of the world. <laughs> and the Bible says that Jesus is the light of the world. And whoever follows him will not walk in darkness, but will have everlasting life. Every time you walk into a room, it lights up. If you keep plugging into the source, if you keep plugging into that PowerPoint, if you keep getting into the presence of God, you charge it up and you move from a 25-watt bulb, you move to a 75-watt bulb, you move to a 100-watt bulb, you start going to the court's halogen. Uh, you, if you're getting a little excited in this place, you might want to start making some noise and doing something. Sorry. Sorry. I come from Planet Shakers. Uh... Normally by this stage, half the church will be standing up. Good, good, good. Just checking you there. I think if you know Jesus, God did an amazing thing in your children. There were a lot of shy kids there. We're preaching about Gideon and how the timid ones were sent home. They couldn't fight. And how God wanted to, he had designed them with this gentle spirit, but he wanted to put strength in and courage. There's got to be courage about you. Whenever you come up against a fight, whenever you come up against something, there's got to be courage about you. People have got to see the power of God in you. I was to discover that one morning, uh, a few years ago, my kids were little, and uh, still little, but they were littler. And... Um, it was Saturday morning, it was my day off, and I wanted to go to the market. Sounds like an easy thing to do. But it wouldn't be, because God wanted to show me something. First of all, trying to get my wife out of the house. That's a miracle right there. Let's go to the market. Yeah. An hour later, she's putting on her lipstick. We're going to the market. She wants to do her hair. Oh, yeah, I forgot to have a shower. I'm like, I want to go to the market. So now I finally got the whole family in the car. I'm driving down the road. I'm a big man. I know how to get to the market. But for some reason, God is positioning me. He wants to put courage in them. 
Some people just confuse it for a coincidence. I just happened to be there. You're a space cadet. I'm on Holy Ghost coordinates. I'm, I'm, I'm in the plans of God. I'm doing something for God. So here I am, right? I'm driving down the road. And I went, and now what's supposed to happen? I'm supposed to go down Sydenham Road and turn left and get to Sunshine Road. But for some reason, I turn right into St. Albans Road. And I say this, I go, how did I get here? I feel like I've been teleported. Like Philip and the eunuch, how did I get here? My wife goes, well, I was about to ask you, I was saying, you're driving. What am I doing? Because you never go to St. Albans on Saturday morning because that's where the big traffic jams are and they've got big problems with the railway station. You just never go there. It's okay. I'm a big boy. I know how to get out of it. Turn left. What do I do? I turned right. I am now smack dab in the middle of St. Albans and I'm just engaged in conversation and I stagger. How did I get here? She goes, well, you know, you're driving. I didn't want to say anything. I'm just a submissive wife. I go, oh, great. Now we're near Big Sam's Market. It's going to take forever to get past. Man. And the traffic is even slower than normal. And as we get closer, we find out why it's slower than normal. Because there has been a massive car accident. Three, three cars have hit head on. There are no emergency services, there are no police, there are no ambulances, and there are no tow trucks. But there are around about 300 people standing around the outside just looking, just gawking, and nobody's helping. <clears throat> as the cars slow down and everyone has their good little look, my wife looks at me and she goes, what are you going to do? This is a job for... I'm going to do what Jesus wants me to do. He wants me to shine some light in this situation. There's a lot of people. Now, that's nervous, right? It's, it's, it's edgy stuff. It's nervous stuff. What will people say? What will people think? Who gives a rip? So I park the car. I walk across. People everywhere. I just walk straight into the middle of it all. People watching. Whoa. Is that the guy that shot the rocket? No. <laughs> <laughs> I walk up and there are three people lying on the ground. So I laid hands on the first person and all I said, and, and people watching. This is in a Catholic stronghold in the west of Melbourne. Father, in the name of Jesus. And he starts, he starts getting up and swearing. And I went, mm-hmm. Ooh, you're packing something, baby. Hmm. Can't cast it out in front of all these people. Might freak them out. See you after. So do I stop? Oh, didn't go well. Went to the next person, prayed. He starts, I'm so sorry, God, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. Went to the next lady, and she's like, uh, she'd be late 50s, and she's blood everywhere, and I held her in my arms. I said, ma'am, I'm, I'm a minister. I want to pray with you. She, she can't understand a word I'm saying. She's Greek. I just want to pray with you. It's all Greek to her. <laughs> I just want to hold her in my... Man, I'm not going to pray for you. Pray for you. And she's like... And I said, in the name of Jesus. And she goes... Yes. And she faints. I went, whoa. <laughs> 
powerful. God's moving already, right? So now I go up to this other window and there's a young girl and she's not breathing. And her head has hit the window so hard. You can see that. And I, I think she's dead. So all these people are watching. And I can't get into the car because it's just jammed. All the doors are smashed in. You can't get in. And she's like this. So I just go up to the window and put my hand against it and said, in the name of Jesus. And she goes, Whoa. and I, I did this. I went, wow. It's unbelievable. All these people are watching, right? It's incredible. Now we go to the next car and one guy has come now. He's, he's decided he's going to jump in and help. So there's a guy who's hit the steering wheel so hard his nose is split from the top to the bottom, blood everywhere. And he's in his late 50s and he's driving this Holden. And uh, there's a guy in there who's jumped in the other side of the seat and he's banging him on top of the head. Breathe! 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 I got in the car. Hey, you'll kill him! Stop it! At that moment... In comes the cavalry, this Maori lady standing there behind me. She goes, come on, bro, let's go for it, mate. Puts her hand on my shoulder, starts praying in tongues. 300 people watching in the middle of the street. Go New Zealand. Got the reinforcements coming. Start praying, this guy, and his breathing was very shallow, very laboured. And then... We prayed for him, and I said, same thing, sir, minister. And it turns out it was her, her husband. Greek, doesn't understand anything. Jesus, he goes, looks at him, he goes, yes, yes. And he, he starts speaking in tongues. I'm like, wow, that's unbelievable. So stand back, thank the cavalry. Thank you, sister. That was unreal. <laughs> That's incredible. We look around, we can hear the ambulances coming. And I stand back and think, have I done everything? Have I prayed for everyone? And all these people watching. <laughs> Courage. And I stood back and I looked at the, the back of the, the man's car who'd hit the steering wheel and had a sticker on it. Greek to you, but life to me. Jesus. <laughs> Isn't it incredible? At the moment, but they needed someone to pray for them, to intercede for them. He put a bumbling person <laughs> in the exact right location. And if they had courage, he could minister to those people. I got back into my car. My kids are kind of like seven, eight, and nine. And they're sitting there. And I went, because I love teaching kids about the fingerprints of God. Don't just think that just happened. I said, well, kids, we've got an important lesson to learn today. Who can tell me what it is? My son. Yes, Tim. Yes. We should drive more carefully. <laughs> Do people see courage when they see you? Do people see courage? Can they tell that you're any different? Do they know that you're a Christian at work? Or do they know you're a Christian at work, but they see no courage? They see no light. They see complaining. They go, well, you know what? You're not much different than anybody else. They've got to see the power of God on you. They've got to see wherever you go, whatever you touch turns to gold. They've got to see that when you go through a trial, you pass that trial. We all go through tough times, but you actually pass it. I remember my mum, we grew up, dad left Christmas Day, and uh, we grew up in the housing commission flats. I remember my mum sitting there and she goes, I've got, I remember, I hear it, I heard the prayer. Father, I have no bread for my children. Your prayer says, give us this day our daily bread. I need bread for my children. I've got nothing to feed them. And she did it with respect and a, and a beautiful heart. She's a great woman, my mum. But we're being trained. We're listening. I'm learning. 
And she gets the family together and we hold hands. She goes, Father, we pray for bread for our pantry, Lord God, that we would have bread for toast and bread for the kids' sandwiches, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Short prayer. She's full of confidence. She's just full of courage. She's a mighty woman of God, my mum. Well, I'm the one that opens the door the next morning. It's not a miracle if you go around telling everyone. You haven't got any bread. You got any bread? You haven't got, got a spare crust? She tells no one. Or she actually did tell someone. So I open up the door. I opened the door. I went to walk out the door. Whoa! It's stacked. Completely in the doorway is completely filled with bread. It's wall-to-wall bread. There's white bread. There's wholemeal bread. There's rye bread. There's fruit bread, raisin bread, all sorts of, all the sort of bread you could imagine, right? Which would have been very handy if we had a freezer. But for a couple of days there, man, we were rolling in bread. <laughs> it was incredible. That courage marked me that the day I didn't have bread, I knew exactly what to do. And people could tell there's something about this guy. There's an edge. And it's a desperation. And it's walking in my authority as a firstborn. It's walking in my authority as a man of God. It's being set free from my shame. You see, the devil wants to come and rub your nose. Well, you're a bad person. You made another mistake. You've done it again. Jesus died for that shame. He died so you don't have to go through that condemnation. He died for that. To take that off you. So you could square the shoulders back and say the righteous fall seven times, but they rise seven times. And I'm going to try again. God's mercy is new every morning. And I'm going to get up and I am going to fight again. Full of the power, like Peter, of the Holy Spirit. People are going to marvel at the courage inside of me. Oh, you're doing good. This is awesome. Third point. They realized... And we're almost finished. They realized they were ordinary men. The Bible says that God chooses the simple things of this world to confound the wise. So that people would think there's absolutely no way known that you could be doing what you're doing. See, the reason I leave school is because I have to give a three-minute talk. That's the big motivating factor right there. I have to give a three-minute talk. And my history is whenever I have to go and give a, a, do a, a, a play or something, I'm bawling my eyes out asking, begging the teacher, please don't get me to. Isn't it incredible now that I travel the earth and preach? I stood up at our Telstra Dome in Melbourne and preached to 17,000. I, I, I just loved every minute of it. I, I am still that same person, but what God's done is he's picked up that clay and electrified it. He's used the simple things to confound the wise. He wants to use you. I was preaching at Hillsong. <coughs> they did the children's ministry elective. And I'm sitting there and, and a huge attack had come on my family. Massive attack. My daughter had fallen off a stool and hit her head against a table and then hit the floor and she was rushed to hospital. And you think to yourself, well, you know, it'll get better, it'll get better. But she got worse. And they kept her in there for three days and she was still getting worse. And I got the conference to pray for her. The next morning, um, I, I can't get to sleep. I had planned to do something very different. I planned to do a session called My Five Biggest Nightmares because, you know, if you go to an elective, it's always the same. So I wanted to come and do it in my dressing gown. <laughs> Tease my hair up, you know, put some gel in, put some gel in, and uh, put some black under my eyes, come in with a teddy bear, my pyjamas, and go... <laughs> from the back of the room. 
which I did, and everyone would turn around and I'd go, oh, thank heavens, it was just a nightmare. And then I would do my session so they would never forget it. Well, I didn't need to put any black under my eyes because that night, this fight for my life, I felt like I was being choked. And I'm like, God, I could see this. How I could see them finding me the next morning. I go, God, it can't end like this. It can't end like this. I put worship on. I'm praying. I'm doing everything. I felt like I was breathing through a straw. I was having a massive asthma attack underwater. Anyway, next morning I wake up. I had two hours sleep, and I was off to do the whole day again until midnight. I ring home to check how my daughter is, and my, and my wife said she's fine. She's out of hospital. She said, but the intercessor from the church, Rebecca Chong. She called me. She goes, something weird. I don't get it. I said, what happened? She said, at 2.30 in the morning, the God woke her up and said there was a spirit of death on our family. And that she got out of bed and she paced the kitchen for an hour and she fought. She goes, but I checked Amy. She's fine. I checked the kids. They're all fine. I go, I'll tell you what it is. That was me. (laughs) 2.30. I looked at the clock. 3.30 is when I fall asleep. Courage. Ordinary people. So there I am with all these people, and I'm thinking, I'm just a pastry cook. Peter was just a fisherman. Matthew was just a tax collector. I'm just a student. Don't say just. I cut just out of my dictionary. It's gone. I've got just jean bags around my house. I just say jeans. So here's what happens. I'm sitting there and I'm thinking this through. You know, I'm just ordinary God. I'm just, and he goes, perfect, Rob. You're just the person I want to use. That's what I use, the ordinary people. I, I love doing it. Wow. So here's what happened. There was a, a, a it was an Anglican church and the nun had, uh, she let us in. She goes, now don't break anything. <laughs> oh, do I look like I'm going to break anything? What are you? <clears throat> talking about of course we won't don't mark anything don't touch the walls do you need anything turned on i'll turn it on now all right thank you thank you sister thank you thank you so she goes and their communion table is up against the wall it's got a solid oak top and it's resting on four sheets of vertical glass so we ain't touching that we're over here 45 people lined up at the altar and I pray through them, right? And it's been a, you know, it's been a really busy week and a lot of, so I get to the last two people and I went, you know, I'm, that's it now. I'm ready for a coffee. So I go and I get to the doorway and I'm just about to go, yes, coffee. And this voice, oh, Pastor Rob. Yes. Would you like to come and pray for this lady? I'd love to. Come back down. I went, what can I pray for you for? She said, and she looked at me, just at her eyes. She goes, I need a breakthrough. I just need a breakthrough. Let's pray. Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray for a breakthrough. As soon as I said the words, I heard this sound. I thought like a shotgun. I'm like, it's funny how your brain works in milliseconds. It's just funny how my brain works. (laughs) Then I'm thinking, no, 
no one's fired a shotgun in here. <laughs> the speakers must have fallen from the roof because it's really loud. And then I can see all the people doing this. And I turned around. And the communion table had exploded. And I'm thinking, oh, the nun's not going to be happy. dear. Now you might think, well, just a sheet of glass was actually, it was a a laminated safety glass. It's three quarters of an inch thick. And if ever you come and visit me in my office at Plant Shakers, I'll show you my souvenir piece of glass I kept. (laughs) Everyone was wedging their piece. Wow. This is incredible. The nun comes in. I can explain. She goes, well, you're a scallywag, you. And then she walks in, she goes, what did you do? You've been playing cricket in here, what did you do? I go, I looked at her, I go, we prayed. And she just, how will I put that on the insurance? (laughs) I said, put act of God. I go home and I tell my team, I said, I've just had a most incredible time in Sydney. And I told them the story of what had happened with the lady in the communion table. And one of my team said, um, I know the lady that you prayed for. I went, this is Brisbane. What? She goes, I know the lady. She goes, I just spoke to her. What? Really? Yeah. She said, she's actually in Mackay. And she's been praying to God whether she's supposed to be there or not. And when she wedged out her piece of souvenir glass from the communion table, it had a pockmark. It was in the shape of Queensland. There was a pockmark where Mackay is. Just ordinary people. But God wants to do something supernatural with you. Not natural, supernatural. You were built for the natural. I love what Pastor Mike said. You were built to worship something. You've been designed to worship something. You just start to just worship the Creator. I, I, I just love that thought. Been built, designed to worship something. See, in our church, we've got Australian idols happening at the moment. And one of our guys is in the top three. It's probably top two by now. I remember him coming up to me before it all started. He goes, I'm in the final 24. I go, oh, that's awesome. Incredible. Final 24 of what? He goes, idol. I go, ooh, ooh, ooh. Do you know what? Our church hasn't even mentioned it. Not a puff. Nothing on our website. Nothing from the front. Nothing from any of our leadership meetings. Nothing. Why? Because we don't want people worshipping him. He's a good kid. He's going to need help on this journey, but we don't want people worshipping him. We want people worshipping him. Amen? Instead of all these people getting around him and exploiting him, and we, no, 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 we stay right out of that. We just want you to worship God. And the last point. I love this. Verse 13. When they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realized they were unschooled, ordinary men. They were astonished and they took note that these men had been with Jesus. Do you know people can tell where you've been? They 
They can tell where you've been. Unschooled. The religious leaders are looking at them going, these guys are unschooled, they're ordinary, but you know what? They've been with Jesus <laughs> because they're starting to sound like him. He's charged some of his power into them. You're sounding like him. You're reacting like him. You're reacting differently because you've been in his presence. And sometimes you think, you know, well, maybe if I watch that movie, maybe if I jump on that website, maybe if I had that little gossip session, it's not a biggie, is it? Read your Bible, it's a massive one. A little slander, a little false witness. Maybe if I just do some of that stuff, you know, because I mean, no one's perfect, right? <laughs> we'll get our vice. <laughs> Jesus died to smash vices. And then you think no one can tell. You think you can mask it, but you can't mask your spirit. People pick it up like there's something wrong and the Holy Spirit begins to talk to them. Here's what I do, because it gets so busy. I have Jesus dates. I put it in my diary and I take Jesus out for a date. It's so cool. It's the best. I love it. It goes something like this. We rock up to a coffee shop, me and Jesus, because I do practice that continual presence of God that he's always with me. And we walk into the coffee shop. He's wearing like his modern outfit. Got the jeans happening, a little bit of a goatee, some wet product in the hair. We walk in and I pull the chair out for him because it helps me remember that a real person is sitting there. And then the waitress comes over and it goes something like this. <coughs> Hi, can I help you? Yes, I'll have a uh, long black and uh, hot mocha, thanks. <laughs> Once she went, are you expecting someone else? So yes, yes. Do you want me to bring both drinks out at the same time? That'd be great, thanks. Okay. <laughs> so she goes off and I'm just sitting there like, you know, just drooling into his eyes, dreaming into his eyes. Thank you so much. You picked me up out of the housing commission flats. When my dad left home, I thought that was that. I thought, you know, I, I could never be anything. I'll never forget it. Thank you. I've got the most beautiful wife in the whole world. How did I get her? Thank you for my children. They love you. They're all preachers. They're amazing. They preach and they worship and they write songs for you. And their hearts are on a collision course with heaven. Thank you that I got, to, I got to become a significant leader in my field. Thank you for the thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands that I've seen saved. Thank you that you put a message in my mouth because at the age of 10 you told me I'd be a preacher. Thank you that my dream came true. Even tonight on the front row, I thanked him again and I reminded myself again. Thank you. I love you. I will serve you. I will lay down my life and I will follow you. I understand that you have a plan for me and a hope. Not to hurt me, not to harm me, but to prosper me. You are incredible. You are the best thing that ever happened to me. And there's something in the psyche of a human that loves a hero. And I want to tell you, he's the greatest hero of all. He died for you to take away your shame. He's the hero. It's awesome. And then at the end, when I've drank my coffee, I sort of just lean over and go, you, you, you don't want that? Are you sure? You don't want the marshmallows? Okay. I get two drinks. 
It's fantastic. The musos could come. I love him. I'm desperate to get closer to him. You know what I started doing? I worked out how much downtime I have as I drive a car or as I go for my prayer walk or I'm just sitting at a, at a desk. So I went and bought myself a, a, um, a new iPod, <coughs> 8 gig, and I loaded it up with sermons and podcasts and the brand new version of the Bible that I just brought out with Denzel Washington and uh, T.D. Jakes and full orchestra score. It's unbelievable. Just been released. Just been released last week. Unbelievable. Light green cover. You'll love it. I am being with Jesus. Instead of, there was a time I was so busy doing God's work, I fell out of love with him and I fell in love with his work. Too long a story for another time, but I came back and said, I'm so sorry. I'll never do that again. I love you. I love you. I love you. I love you. Thank you. When I make a mistake, I can get up the next morning. Come on, Rob, try again. Come on, try again. My love covers you. Don't worry about that. Come on, try again. Now I spend time with Jesus. You know what happens? I grow in courage. I think I can do anything. I'm mental. You'd already worked that out. I think I could do anything. I think with God beside me, nothing is impossible. I believe that when I walk into a school, people are amazed. NIV, they're astonished. They're, what is it about him? But the funny thing is, it's the same way with everyone in my team. Wow. What is it about her? She's so charged with life. She connected with Jesus. And all of a sudden you'll find that God's going to put you around Hawke's Bay. He's going to place you in situations and he's going to say, stand up. This is your car accident. Stand up. Be bold and courageous for I am with you, says the Lord. Have courage. Let people see you've been with Jesus. So where have you been? In the camp meeting, I looked out on the hill. It's a beautiful scene, green hills. Everything in Australia is in drought. It's just yellow. We have no grass on top of our hills. There's all these green hills everywhere. And there's all these sheep. And what had happened was all these sheep, the sheep are just dumb. Sheep had just followed each other all down the hill except one little sheep. Just wandered off on its own. And the other ones didn't even tell it. They just ran away. Hey, Billy, we're going. <laughs> they just left him right on top of the hill. And sometimes it, there are people in this place tonight and that's, that's like you. You're that little lamb. You're that little sheep that's just wandered off. Got separated. The Bible says that Jesus is the good shepherd and he drops the 99. And he comes after the one. He's interested in the one tonight. He's interested in the one. He's interested in you, your life, your heart, your family, your home, your future. He's interested in you. I wonder if everyone could just close your eyes and bow your heads quickly. I want to pray for people in this place to accept Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior of their life. 
I've talked long enough. You've heard me now. I, I want to pray for you. Uh, you've never asked Jesus into your life, but tonight you want to. You're going, that, that, that just sounds incredible. I, I love the life. I love it. Well, God will give you that. God wants to give you that. How do I get it? It's really easy. Put your hand up in the air. I'll see your hand and then you can put it down and I'll pray for you. I'll just lead you in that prayer and God will come and live inside of you. He will take away your sin. Thank you. He'll take away your sin. He'll take away your shame. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down once you put it up. Who else? Who else? He'll take away the mistakes. And he says, I choose not to remember them anymore. I will take those away. Who else? Just put your hand up in the air quickly. It's too important a night. Thank you. You can put your hand down once you have it. It's awesome. People everywhere. Incredible. Who else? Who else? Rob, please pray for me. I want that life. I want that hope. I want Jesus in my life. I want to connect like you're talking about. I want to feel that closeness. Who else? Who else? Just quickly as we, as we pause for a minute. Thank you. Thank you. Who else? Don't you, please don't go out the doors the same. Please, please do not go out the doors the same. Pray that prayer and ask Jesus Christ into your heart. You take away everything that's wrong, fill you with everything that's right. It's the start of the greatest adventure ever. Who else? Who else? Who else? Who else? Thank you. Awesome. Awesome. Who else? He's interested in the one. You realize what happens, don't you? When you pray this prayer, your whole home changes, your future changes. You start to connect with the, the very reason God put you on the planet. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. You can put your hand down over there on the left. Thank you, man. Awesome. Who else? Who else? Who else? Please, Rob, pray for me. I want that. I want Jesus in my life. I want Jesus in my life. Quickly, 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 quickly. Time's running out. Time's running out. I'm going to count backwards from five. You can feel that nervousness and you think, oh, gee, if you know if he just gives one more chance, well, here it comes. Don't go home the same. Don't go home the same. Go to work tomorrow, brand new. Clean. Thank you. Thank you. Changed. Who else? Here we go. Five. Four. There are people coming to Jesus tonight. It's the best decision you will ever make in your life. Three. Thank you. Two. Last call. One. Okay. Now, there's just way too many people for me to get out there and pray with each one of you. So what I want you to do is do what I did. I want you to come out of your seat. I want you to come and stand in front. I want to personally meet each one of you and just lead you in a prayer where you can accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. You might go, that's a bit nervous. Jesus marched up a hill carrying a cross for you. This is the start of your Christian walk. So every person, I mean every person in this building, you lifted your hands. We're going to stand. We're going to, the band are going to lead us in a song. Uh, we're going to clap you and applaud you as you take this first stand for Christ. And uh, come out of your seat quickly. Every person that lifted their hands, come. Come to the front. I want to meet you. Come. 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 Give them a big clap. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Come on. Every person. Awesome, come on. Let's erupt in praise in this place.
Okay. There's other people in this place and you're away from God. You used to be in that spot. You used to be close with God, but there's just come this, you've just drifted away. I want you to come too. There are other people who lifted your hands up. You know what, seriously, this is one of my great frustrations. If I could change one of the things of the church. Because I deal with children, I give them an altar call and they run. They run. But adults become cynical. Psychologists say right about the age of uh, 12, start to get cynical. Don't trust people anymore. You, you stay back like this, but children run into his presence. So you can't let anything or anyone hold you back. You've got to just, who cares? It's not that far. It's like 10 meters or something. It's not far. It's not far for your life to change. Well, I'll pray from the safety of my seat. Yeah, I don't know if that's the courageous way to start your Christian walk, is it? I, I just talked about courage. I talked about being astonished. I talked about being amazed. I'm talking about, well, this is your chance. We're going to sit one more time and then time's moving. So we're just going to move on. But I remember that, those butterflies, and I got out of my seat and I went to the front and I gave my life to Jesus. And then I felt the effects of praying that prayer. I just want to encourage you one more time, please. Sadly, you, know, you go to churches everywhere, it's the same thing. People just, they put their hand up and they go, I'm not, no, I'm not going out the front. Why? Why wouldn't you? Why wouldn't you? All these other people that I have, they're all the ones that are smiling, have. <laughs> and they already have. Tonight's your turn. I would hate you to miss it. Too many people with their hands up. Heaps of people. Band are going to play. Come to Jesus. If you're backslidden, you've slipped away, I want you to come. Come on, give people a big clap. Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord.
to get to heaven. He says, no one, no one enters the kingdom of heaven unless they are born again. No one. What does that mean? just means a brand new start on the inside. You start again. The clock goes back. He resets you. He wipes the hard drive. And if you lifted your hands up and you haven't come yet, I want you to pray this prayer from where you are. And please come and see me before you go tonight. It would be an honor to meet you. And we're going to pray this prayer with you together in a big, loud voice. Are you ready? Hang on to this moment. This is the moment. Here we go. Dear Lord Jesus, I come to you in prayer. I believe that you are the Son of God. I believe that you died on the cross to take away my sin. I ask you into my heart. Clean it. I ask you into my life. Change me. From now on, I belong to you. I love you. And I always will. In Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Give this. <laughs> yes. Let me just pray for you. Father, I pray these decisions, Lord God, would be so strong. I pray, Lord God, they would find their place in your plans. I pray, Lord God, for great people to get around them. I pray, Father God, when they read the Bible, they can't put it down. I pray, Father God, that you shield them and hedge them and protect them from every attack of the enemy. I pray, Lord God, for the most amazing start. Lord, born again. If any man is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old has gone and the new has come. And I thank you right now, Lord, for the power of your word. And I thank you, Lord God, for the newness of life that is in these people right now in Jesus' name.